0: Twenty-six of the Atalan Rising podcast, where your hosts Sarah and Doc and Adam. In today's episode, we discuss Miss Marvel number twenty-two, Secret Warriors number six, Black Bolt number five, Royals number seven, Once and Future Kings number two, and we have some Inhumans television news for you guys. <laughs> How's everyone? It's been a while.
1: It has been a while, and we got and because it's been a while, we have a whole lot to cover. <laughs> yeah, we. Yep, um... we do. We have a whole list, which is good. Five books. Five books. Five really good books, actually.
0: Yeah, oh. they were all awesome. So, I got my hair cut today. Ah. I have tell you this funny story because I got my hair cut. It had been a really long time since I'd gotten my the hair cut. They cut off like five inches. And she's styling this it. Board. And she's putting some goop and whatever crap in my hair to kind of give it some volume. <laughs> and she stops and about halfway through and she looks at my hair and she goes, wow, your hair goes from zero to 1980s in about two seconds. <laughs> and, and then she had to go and tame it back down again because I had big 80s hair.
1: <laughs> oh, you didn't go with it? You didn't like get some acid wash jeans? And a, a,
0: no, I did not.
1: Oh, I, 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 I made a thing know. out of it.
0: No, I mean, I guess I could have gotten the acid wash jeans and the leg warmers and the Keds going on with the big oversized sweater hanging off the shoulder, but I didn't really want to do that.
1: Well, our loss.
2: (laughs) I am too young for these
1: references. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just imagine she looks like a Power Ranger without her outfit on.
0: No, not a Power Ranger. I I guess you would want to say, like, no, I guess that kind of works. Early 90s, late 80s. Yeah, it could work.
2: I was born right. in the early nineties. Great. Say. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah.
1: Go, go eat your avocado toast, right? <laughs> uh, why have you destroyed the restaurant industry and the housing industry and ev- and Adam, breakfast cereals?
0: Adam, it's all your fault.
1: All your fault. Why, why well, actually,
0: it's kind of my fault a little bit, too, because I'm kind of sort of lumped in that, but I'm not. I don't know. My I'm just in that weird in-between stage. Oh, story of my life. So, I have had to tell that story. I was very amused by it today, to, you know, it's just amused. Okay.
1: So. <laughs> All the non-sequiturs in the beginning. Um,
0: <laughs> this Marvel number 22, doc.
1: Oh, well, man talk about a change of pace um very heavy issue a great and satisfying resolution to the um highly topical mecha story arc that's run through the last um four issues of um the series and and um man this marvel's been heavy lately uh yeah. as an in intent yeah. um so what's been going on is that uh Somehow, the municipal government of New of Jersey City has been taken over by this uh, dastardly guy Chuck Worthy. Who uh, so We to found be,
0: out is who he's just just he's
1: he's the Hydra hipster. Oh
0: right, thank you.
1: Hydra hipster. Although this is not a um, Secret Empire tie-in. It's I mean thematically it is, but it's uh, uh, the Secret Empire moniker doesn't appear on the cover. There's no specific references to secret empire it just there's there's some some similarities in the theme but
0: that's about it because
1: you know he this guy worthy the hydra hipster he's weaseled his way into the mayoral office uh sort of riding a wave of xenophobia and demagoguery um you know new jersey city is right across the hudson from new york and the Marvel Universe, New York is filled with all manner of superpowered beings, heroes, villains, mutants, and humans. And Worthy has kind of uh, he's he's proposed making Jersey City free of weirdos, a place where only normal, non-powered humans are allowed. And through the power of fear and some sort of backdoor political shenanigans, he's been able to replace the mayor and institute this uh, normies-only agenda. Um, so he's got this 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 he's deputized all these goons who are wearing baseball hats to go round up anyone who doesn't fit in with, you know, fit in with their idea of what, what should be normal. Um, this is led by his chief lieutenants who are a couple of young villains named lockdown and discord, uh, lockdown you'll remember is, is basic Betty from the civil war two storyline, uh, who, who was a, a former Carol cadet who, uh, went uh to the dark side when she got a bit of power and turned into a total fascist so now she's calling herself lockdown and she's got some sort of power suit and the other dude is um discord and he's got another he's got his own power suit that shoots electricity and whatnot and it turns out that well first i should say that that um lockdown had arrested a bunch of these folks including miss marvel's brother amir who possess superpowers for a very short period of time during the last day of story arc. Um, and um, that he tries to get Miss uh, Miss Marvel to surrender by threatening to kill Amir. And this whole fight breaks out when, when all of the inhumans and, and, and people who have been deemed freaks, uh, run away and, and take refuge in the uh, in the local Muslim community center and the villains they break in which is just unheard of um, and uh, discord he, he, his power his electricity really hinders Miss Marvel quite a bit' she's, she's got a, a vulnerability to electricity and in their final battle she unmasks him and discovers that he's actually Josh who is uh, one of Kamala's oldest friends and classmates, someone she grew up with. And um, in turn, she removes her own mask. And he's – and Josh is shocked to realize that that this, this enemy he has fought so hard against is someone he, he, he himself grew up with, um, and it freaks them both out. Um Nonetheless, the true identities doesn't change the predicament they find themselves in. I mean, Josh has decided this is who he's going to be. He's going to be this xenophobic asshole, and he's gonna you know he's gonna let Kamala go and keep her secret, her identity a secret. But from here on out, they're enemies. And uh, Miss Marvel departs sort of ingloriously, flopping out of a window, and Discord covers her escape. Now, meanwhile, a large group of citizens have gathered to march in opposition to this unconstitutional actions of the worthy administration. Uh, front and center of this march is Kamala's sister in law, Taisha, and her best, her best friend, Nakia. And um, they're marching with a whole bunch of folks. is very um, evocative of the, of the demonstrations that have been going on here in America and around the world um in opposition to nationalism and um they they are um they they march up to where the goons have all of these inhumans and whatnot locked up and um demand their release and when the goons are like hey you 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 can't be here on whose authority are you here Uh, uh taisha reveals that um uh, she, re- she produces a piece of paper, replies that she's there on, uh, uh, on the authority of the Third Circuit Court of Appeals. So a quick civics lesson. The American government is split into three separate but equal branches. The executive branch is made up of the presidency and his cabinet. The legislative branch, which is Congress, Senate, and House of Representatives. And then the judicial branch, which is the Supreme Court and state-based federal courts. Now this desi- this divide into three equal branches is, is designed that way so that um, that no one section can do something unconstitutional. The other the other two keep them in check. Um, the legislative branch, um, the uh, the executive branch, for instance. Okay, so Donald Trump institutes what he this this Muslim ban. And um, he says no one from these primarily Muslim countries can come to America, and and he he just makes it happen. Um, That's actually against the Constitution. And the Ninth Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals puts in an injunction and says, no, you can't do that, and it it ends the ban um, temporarily. So something very similar happens here in this story with the Third Circuit Court of Appeal, which covers New Jersey— Pennsylvania, Delaware, and for some reason, the Virgin Islands. I just looked it up. Um, <clears throat> the Worthy administration's institution of a ban on mutant and humans uh, is an overstep of authority. It's against the Constitution. And the Third Circuit Court has, is, has issued a, an injunction in, you know, saying, don't do it. You can't do it. Um, but where these goons are armed, they think their, co- their cause is righteous, they're not going to give in to the mob's demands. This all changed, however, when the state police arrives to enforce the decision of the Third Circuit Court. Okay, so that was pretty wild. Elsewhere, Ms. Marvel, she's stumbling on the street. She's totally exhausted. She wants to help, but she's just too tired and depleted. Um... You know, and she's feeling totally forlorn. You know, she's tired. She's discovered that a boy she's known since childhood has turned into a supervillain. She's reeling from the fact that Bruno still hates her. Half a New Jer- half a Jersey City wants her gone. It feels like everything has ev- is, is gone wrong. Everyone's abandoned her. And just then, <laughs> help arrives, and it's Lockjaw.
0: <laughs> yeah, Lockjaw returns. It's no, a little we- Lockjaw, he's always Lockjaw. there when you need him.
1: Exactly. You know, ju- ju- just like it was shown in a recent issue of Black Bolt, Lockjaw seems to possess this sixth sense that enables him to know when his friends are most in need. He shows up onto the scene and he takes Ms. Marvel to a, a local Mediterranean restaurant where the manager sets her up with a deluxe combo with an extra large coffee and a huge size of fries and she just gobbles it up and it 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 reinvigorates her powers. So, I am... That's how ours work. So then Lockjaw teleports her back to the, uh, the um, community center where a big old fight um, ensues. Um, all of the, all the villains are defeated. Um, the former mayor, whose name is Achizi, um, has been reinstituted into the mayor's office through the third circuit court. Um, and, uh, uh lockdown is arrested, but discord escapes, and um, the day is saved. Um, and it's at this point that we kind of get to understand why this, ty- this story arc has been called Mecca. You know, to go to Mecca in the Islamic tradition, it entails a pilgrimage, a journey of self-discovery. You know, one cannot return from such a journey un- unchanged. Horizons are broadened, perspectives are become they become more focused, and this enhanced perceptive perception allows one to see things more clearly, to see things in a more multi-dimensional fashion. What was simple has become po- complex. What was black and white is now shades of gray, and that's what Miss Marvel has to deal with now. She 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 can't just be this happy-go-lucky superhero who everyone loves and it's always great. Um, she she's her eyes have been opened. She knows the world is uh, a much more complex and sometimes frightening place, and simply because of the color of her skin the tenor of her faith there are going to be people who dislike her and she just has to deal with that and continue fighting and persevering nonetheless so it's it's wild stuff i mean
0: yeah
1: yeah superhero comics they've always been this especially fertile soil for metaphor and you know some metaphors are heavier than others
0: Um, this
1: this one's pretty i mean
0: definitely one of them
1: I don't know how long it takes a comic book to be, you know, written, drawn, and get to the press, but I feel like uh, Miss Wilson might have written this shortly after um, the whole um, travel ban, Michigan stuff went down, um, and that, that her, this story was kind of like her response her her way of kind of creating a, a a fictionalized version that might be more palatable for for younger readers or for readers who um, you know are a little more uninterested in politics that that that, that um it could kind of recapitulate it in a in a safer context of superhero stories yeah and it is you I mean man Miss Kamala needs a break. And yeah, the cover art for next issue shows uh, her reuniting with um, with the Red Dagger from that one.
0: That um, one, one was it a one shot?
1: It was a one shot where she went to um,
0: Pakistan. Pakistan.
1: So I'm hoping that the next story is a sort of a lighthearted, maybe romantic romp, something that's just chill.
0: Because yeah, because <laughs> she, so
1: she deserves it.
0: Poor Kamala needs a break. She does.
1: Um, is it a change of that... as well? I, I well, this this one was by Marco F- F- Filia. Uh, I'm so bad with the names. <laughs> Marco Fala. and yeah. I don't know who's who's illustrating the next one. Um, the cover art is, I think, Sarah Bocelli, but um, I I don't know who's doing the interiors.
0: They usually oh. get good artists on on Miss Marvel though, so I'm sure whoever it is will be pretty fantastic. They seem, you can,
2: they seem to be getting good uh, artists on all the Inhumans books, so
0: that's that's true. <clears throat> yeah. That is true. I can't wait for Inhumans number nine. <laughs> oh,
1: Royals yeah, Royals number, nine. number nine? Yeah.
0: Yes.
1: <clears throat> so, you know, I think some some people might look at this story arc and feel that the symbolism is too heavy handed that, that uh... I
0: don't think it is at all I think the people who, who read Miss Marvel um, honestly I, I I think it's perfect because I think there are some people who, who try to kind of stick their head in the sand in regards to politics and I know I tend to be one of them sometimes um, and this I think is a, is a good way of kind of maybe making those people who like to hide their head in the sand, wake up a little bit.
1: Well, and also doesn't have the same bombast secret empire. Yeah.
2: But it is kind of, it's all about trying to realize that nothing is ever black and white. Like you said, it's,
0: it's a lot of growing up for Kamala, really. I mean, she's kind of coming of age arc for her, I think.
1: Yeah. It's,
0: uh, I mean, she's
1: had a few of those.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's,
1: I guess that's adolescence for you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think so, is good... she what? 16? Uh, 15? How old 16? do you think she is?
0: Like 16, I think. Maybe 17 at the oldest, but I was say, definitely she, not older than that. Is
1: she middle
2: school, high school?
0: She's high, high school for sure. So, what's that? That's, um, that's
2: 15 in
1: the U.S.?
0: Six, 16 or 17, I think. I yeah. think I'm going to say 16. No I would say the
1: average American graduates high school at 18, 17. You know, seventeen point five years old. So yeah, she's got to be sixteen or seventeen. Um, yeah, that was a pretty tumultuous time for most folks. Um, but it
0: attached. was it was it was a really good. It was really good. Yeah, yes, definitely it was, yeah, definitely Thing,
1: recommended. Uh, things don't get much lighter in the next book we're reviewing, uh, Secret Warriors number six, which is uh, mostly a setup issue, but still got some Art very. Fun. Very harrowing um, events that take place therein. Um, so, uh, Javier, you know, Garof- for
0: for, for a, just to say this for a setup issue, it, it was still really good. Just got to yeah. say that,
1: yeah, and
2: it's still quite tied into uh, Secret Empire almost.
1: Um, well, it's like it's like an epilogue, almost. yeah, 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 because um, the, 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 that story is over, and, and now finally. Uh, Rosenberg and Company can can um, cut loose, cut loose, and and, and start start their own um, their own narrative, which I which looks to have a lot to do with Mister Sinister, and I think that's going to be very cool. But first, some loose ends need tying off. Uh, specifically, um, uh, Quake Daisy Johnson wanted to get revenge for the uh, death of her close friend and mentor Phil Coulson. So this issue, uh, Javier Garen takes a break, um, and uh, illustrator Juanin Ramirez uh, uh, does the illustration. And he, he does a pretty good job. Uh, I think um, uh, he, he, it, it, it's very much in the same vein, the, uh, aesthetically, as the previous issues. Um, a bit grittier, but it's a grittier tale, um, especially the parts with um, Daisy. What she's done is, is that uh, she wants to find out who killed Coulson and and bring some vengeance. Um, so she, what she does is she, she puts a contract out on herself, uh, a hit, thinking that um, whoever comes for her is probably who came for Coulson. I mean, it's specious logic, but that's the plan she's got. And it turns out it's the Taskmaster, who's an old Avengers villain, um, now he's normally a pretty tough customer, but she, she takes him out pretty fast. So I was, I was uh, just gonna
2: just gonna make a quick comment on that. Um yeah. I don't know if you've uh, read the actual the addresses. You know where it says Hamilton Heights, Manhattan, 8 p.m. just before it cuts to the Taskmaster.
0: Yeah, um, Scott Rosenberg so, Johnson and Moss.
2: Yeah, and Davila. I, was, <laughs> I was about to say, it, do, are they their actual uh, addresses? Do you reckon?
0: No, I don't think so, <laughs> but.
1: Was it? Is it Will Will Moss? Um, Will Moss, yeah. Is he the? I think they just uh, they named streets after the the creative team. Yeah,
2: I thought it was quite funny.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was a good little addition. Um,
0: I thought I thought Taskmaster got caught at the end of Secret Empire, but I guess not.
1: Yeah, he's sort of a go-to villain. He shows up all over the place. He was just in that um, Hawkeye. Uh, legacy or uh, generations book or whatever. Um, I
0: need to read that.
1: It's pretty good. Um, anyways, uh, uh, Daisy takes him out with very little trouble, and
2: um,
0: <laughs> the dumb dumb Dugan and D. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and he's anatomically correct, <laughs> right? So she gets the information from him and finds out who it was who killed um, Coulson, and it turns out that the culprit is none other than the Merc with the Mouth, everyone's favorite fast-talking mercenary, Deadpool. Uh.
0: Uh,
2: (laughs) I think
1: Deadpool is not my favorite, but whatever. Um,
2: Deadpool used to be interesting, but maybe about five years ago. Hey, I got nothing...
1: I got nothing against the, his fans. Uh,
2: no, know, no, I don't mean that. I good. just I did before he sort of came he's on the just scene everywhere.
1: everywhere. Yeah, that's it. It's, yeah, overexposure. Kind of how um... Wolverine
2: got to the point
1: of. Yeah. So, just saying. <laughs> well, um, Taskmaster arranges for Daisy to hook up with a contact so she can take down Deadpool. This contact turns out to be Bullseye. Because apparently sociopathic assassins are all friends with each other, and Bullseye sets <laughs> That's up <surprising>, Daisy, actually. <laughs> right? She sets him up to attack Deadpool while he's dropping off his dry cleaning, and that sets things up for a huge fight. No, if it looks they're... like he's
0: in Walmart. I don't know oh. where
1: he is. He's buying a towel or something.
2: He needs max absorbency.
1: All right. Well, intertwined throughout this whole main oh, story are two. Uh, so, two sort of side stories that i found much more intriguing. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. first the first sees Karnak coming to visit his nephew, Ahura, nephew no, cousin, but second no. cousin.
0: Yeah, something like that. Anyway, yeah. so
1: Ahura is Black Bolt and Medusa's son. He's recently taken over the Unilex Corporation and Ennilux? is Ennilux. one. <laughs> we all know what you mean. Enelux Company. I don't know. He, he seems to really enjoy being a, a CFO, and he's, he's, he's uh, making a lot of money with this multi-conglomerate company, Analux. And he's, ac- he's initially quite shaken to see Karnak show up, um, and, um, you know, he's still a teenager, but Ahura is usually a lot more suave and unflappable, but it's clear that, that seeing Karnak makes him very uncomfortable.
0: But well, then it yeah. turns
1: out, yeah, he made me uncomfortable too, I imagine. It turns out Karnak hasn't shown up to recruit Ahura for some mission or whatever. He's looking for a job. What's up to Karnak. Yeah. Ahura gives him a not so polite brush off and sends him on his way. Sometime later, Ahura learns that the fictional third world nation of Chernia. Know, something Baltic has uh, uh, endured a military coup uh, forcing its presence to run off into hiding and this country had been a hub of cheap manufacturing labor which has been very important to the Analux Corporation's uh, bottom line. So all of a sudden Uhura has uh, an idea. Oh, maybe he has a job for old Karnak after all. And I'm thinking that he's going to send Karnak to churnia uh, and try and put down this coup and you know keep analux in the black so wild um uh, did, did meanwhile think, sorry so yeah, go you, ahead
2: i was about to say um do you reckon it was to me it seems like that uh, ahura was drawn uh, was drawn quite a lot like maximus i don't know if that's coincidence but it was...
0: He's always uh, been kind of drawn that way, which I found interesting.
2: Yeah, but I mean, it, it, this was almost, you know, kind of... I, I was rereading um, some old issues of uh, like Uncanny of Humans. Uh, was it Uncanny Humans? No, it was um, Avengers. And um, it was kind of like, they're very similarly drawn, and it was it was just quite striking. And I thought, hmm...
0: Well, <laughs> family, <laughs> we all that have, stuff. Uh,
2: well, yeah, exactly. I mean, they are, they are sort of uncle and nephew, aren't they? So...
0: Well, oh, I'm wondering on, on a separate note. You know, Karnak warns basically. Warn him, he's like, "Have you shipped the 4D televisions from your factory in Chernaya yet?" And and then all of a sudden, the the company, the country is under attack. So I have a feeling Karnak kind of knew what was going to happen.
2: Well, he does. Yeah. He does see the floor and all things. So you kind of you kind of <laughs> assume that he would see that kind
1: of thing coming. You know. No, I think uh, you're you're both correct. Um, uh, More is going on here than meets the eye, though, that's for sure, because Mm -hmm. um, Harnack certainly doesn't care about 4D televisions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Ahura does look a lot like his uncle, and I think that's um, intentional. I mean, he he was briefly diagnosed with madness himself. Um, They've always been worried that he will turn out a, more like his uncle than his father and he's kind of flirted with being villainous here and there um and uh um
2: it'd be, it'd be nice you know, to see him kind of set up as a a future villain at some point but then again you know maybe well i think i think he,
1: uh, a cool maybe a cool anti-hero so yeah do you guys remember those uh kind of uh, young adult books called artemis fowl yeah. I don't think I ever read them but yeah, I know what you're talking about. It, the the main character in that who was named Artemis Fowl was kind of a kind of you know you didn't know if he was a good guy or a bad guy but he was a kid and he was very smart and he was a really fun character and I I could see a horror being somewhat similar. It would be it'd be a cool deal to have that go on. Yeah.
0: Yes.
1: We'll see how it goes. Um now the other storyline entails Dante who has relocated to Toledo where he's moved in with his sister Gabby in order to help her take care of her new baby because Gabby's still working as a nurse and is also going to night school for uh, something and uh, needs all the help she can get with her baby, who we found out is the girl. So um, this child was born way back in, in human, human animal one, and uh, we haven't seen her since. In fact, we didn't even know if it was a boy or a girl. So it's a girl. We just
0: knew it was spiky. Yes,
1: yeah. yeah, spiky, <laughs> and it no longer looks inhuman. When we first, um, you know, it was, it was this. She was exposed to the terigen cloud um, in utero, and was born like purple and spiky and kind of like a creature looking. But now she doesn't look that way anymore. Now she just looks like a normal baby. Um and uh, <laughs> um
0: Thank you, Matthew Rosenberg, for touching on this plot point that many of us have been wondering about for years. That's all I gotta <laughs> yes. say about that. There
1: you go. Uh Dante is getting is, is Skyping with uh Lunella. Lunella. <laughs> <laughs> getting getting her to uh write a term paper for for gabby <laughs> because um she's so, so overworked um now you know lunilla we've always seen her as being more of a, a mechanical genius you know she knows about astrophysics and bionics and this and that turns out she's also quite good with uh literature and analysis and she's she's uh well written-
0: that would make sense if she likes like like analysis and stuff because if she's if she's scientifically bent. She's probably very good at ana- analyzing pretty much
1: everything. Well, and um, what I'm saying is, she's a polymath. She knows yeah. about everything. Uh, yeah. she has she's she's written this term paper for Gabby about uh, Tolstoy's War and Peace? You know, which is like a thousand-plus-page book and it's yeah. really
0: complicated.
1: <laughs> um, but uh, she, apparently, she has succinctly summarized it. Uh, a knock comes to the door. And then and Dante opens it and he is he's assailed by this uh, group of um, frightening characters and they're 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 the minions of the dark beast who is um he's Hank favorite X Man. Yeah, he, he's Hank McCoy from an alternate age of apocalypse universe, the really long and complicated backstory that I don't need to get into, mm-hmm. but he's bad news and he works for Mr. Sinister and he's come to um, to abduct um, the baby. Although, um,
2: I I don't know if I am remember remembering this rightly, but I thought he was uh didn't he? I thought he died at the end of uh, Uncanny X-Men, Bendis's run. But Well, he, no, he
0: because well he did, but then he showed up again in IVX. No, yes, no. No, no he was recently in the um Secret in Empire.
1: Well, he was in Secret Warriors number 3. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he did indeed die at the end of Venice's uh, X Men run, um, but death is always a temporary condition in comic books. He's, yeah. he's back, and Mister Sinister might have cloned him back into existence. He, he does is. that quite often. Um, so he he he. I guess Sinister feels as though Karnak has welched on his deal um, because of um, he you know taking back Lear. Um, and so he's going to take uh, Gabby's baby instead. Um, you know, he, he maybe uh, he's interested in in what what <laughs> what's going on with this kid. We don't know.
0: Well, yeah, because she's what the first. If we're going by logic, I mean, she would probably be the first in human born who go through genesis in the womb since Black Bolt and A'Hura, wouldn't she? Uh yeah yeah well Lightbald
1: and, and, and Maximus yeah guess, that's what I meant um it's uh you know certainly an interesting uh I can see why you know Sinister would be interested in her I don't know what the is going to be but we'll find out um and Dante he tries his best to fight off these goons but he can't and he can only watch as as Dark beast leaves taking his niece with her likely to be uh, deposited in mr sinister's care um so those are the uh those are all the the setups three 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 threads set in motion and we'll see where it goes my guess is the next issue will kind of resolve the the uh, daisy versus uh dead deadpool Ordeal, and that the following issue, which would be what, number eight? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's when Javier uh, uh, Garan returns to illustrate, I think, magic from the X Men is going to be joining the team, either mm-hmm. temporarily or for the long term. So you kind of assume <laughs> that that would be, That'll be know, the a, a resolution.
2: Yeah, yeah, Mr. Cinnamon's sinister. yeah, that sort of stuff.
1: And that um, Will Robinson is going to. Join uh, to write a sub-story running through those issues that focuses on Karnak and his whole um, adventure in Chechnya or wherever he's going. Um, so we got a lot that's going on. As such, this issue feels a little light because it's all just set up. Which I um, I there's don't know there's a lot at.
0: going on though. It's I like Light, but it's a lot yeah. going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's a lot a lot is intertwined. Um
2: So if there's, and, if it's a five story arc, I assume that the fifth issue of the arc will be a um you know a culmination of all three stories really. So
1: should be good. Yeah. Should be good. Um I'm I'm looking forward to it, that's for sure. Um and uh <laughs> I'm worried. I'm worried for Gabby's baby. Doesn't have a name yet. <laughs> Sorry, I can just call it Baby. I wonder um, if um,
2: I wonder if Dum Dum Dugan is gonna well, the other life model decoy decoy is gonna turn up again.
0: Uh, yes. it seems like.
2: Honestly, I, I, it was, no. It was okay. drawn
1: so well. <laughs> How, what do you? Got? I'm. I'm. I'm not. I have nothing to say about that. But I am myself excited that Magic's joining the team because she's one of my favorite X-Men. Yeah. And if we have to have a non-inhuman on the squad, she's a great choice. Do you guys... How do you guys feel about this?
0: Honestly... Uh, you know how I feel about the X-Men <laughs> in general. So I would prefer, you know, to keep it all in humans, but... It, I, I, I'm excited for it, to be honest. I don't... I, I really know nothing about magic all that much, so... I really... I, I we'll see how I like cool. her in the next issue. We'll see.
2: I really enjoyed... um uh, extraordinary X-Men. She was in that, wasn't she? Um, yes. And, um, you know, I, I've, I've, I've said about not getting the X-Men blue and X-Men gold, but I will pick them up in trade because, you know, I can't not. She, she's <laughs>
1: not in either of those books. It's very strange. Um, oh, she's Although she, not? She, she, one of the more popular characters amongst the X-Men and, and she was completely left off of all the teams that, that, that were born out of the resurrection relaunch.
0: Isn't she uh, in the Charles Solexman's book? No, no. Nope. Oh, well. she
1: she was part of the Sorcerer Supreme's book because uh, she 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 was tutored by Doctor Strange in in, in magic, um, and uh, but um, no, she right now besides having some role in the whole Tien or Tilin, um secret empire stuff she hasn't had much to do i suppose
2: the last time she was really involved in any sort of story was uh ibex i suppose
0: well Uh, then i guess it's it's good that she's coming into the book because if anything her fans will pick it up because she's in it and then they'll really like it and then that'll boost sales so
1: (laughs) and she's a teleporter so, they don't have to write scene after scene of the team stealing cars and trucks.
0: <laughs> and hauling a big dinosaur around in a horse trailer.
1: Exactly. <laughs> um, Why
2: don't they just all jump on the back of the dinosaur? I don't get it. It's, you know. I don't know. I mean, how fast does a T Rex run? Faster than we can. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's um, true. But yeah. Um, so, so it's fun, fun comic, good comic um, Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying Secret Warriors actually it's, Yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's good And I was happy to see how, many, how big their letters page was We had two pages of letters That yeah. were really long letters too Actually, so that was awesome to see Guys, if you want to write um, Before we go into our next book Just so you know, write to Marvel About these books If you're enjoying them so that they know and get feedback because that's what helps keep our book on the shelf. I think even it's not just sales. So if you're going to write to Marvel, let them know how you feel about all their books. Um, You can write to M heroes at marvel.com and mark. Okay. To print, please, please, please write them and let them know. They probably know who I am because I write them a lot. So. (laughs) Just write them, let them know that you whatever book, whether Secret Warriors, Black Bolts, Royals, Lunch and Future Kings, whichever book it is, Miss Marvel, Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur, write to them and yep. let them know. Although I think the Moon Girl and Double Dinosaurs is Mondo Marvel at Marvel dot com because that's you're, like the kids section, I guess. You're absolutely
2: right. Also tweet to them um, as well. Tweet to the creators as well. That's what I do. I mean
0: Yeah. Because creators tweet to Marvel. Um they appreciate all the feedback, so so m heroes at pages are fun to read too. They are. I love reading the letters pages. So, m heroes at marvel.com and mondo marvel at marvel.com, I think for uh, Moon Girl. Um, I like how Javier drew himself with a um, furnace of
2: coffee <laughs> as a
0: dinosaur in here. They drew themselves a dinosaur that looks like a beacon and it's great. So yeah, so.
1: <clears throat> yeah. So yeah. That seems to be the look. I, um, I, I I guess I couldn't be an Inhumans writer because of my inability to grow a giant beard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Soul didn't have a beard, so you'd be That's fine. That's true, yeah. So... Um,
1: neither did Amy Reader, as I
0: imagine. <laughs> neither of them have beards either, so see, you're fine. You could write N- an N- Inhumans.
1: Neither N- N- did
2: James Asmus, I don't think.
0: Nope.
2: Okay, well... So, the current writer. <laughs> so at the moment, I think we're. Uh, well, does, Al, uh, does Al Ewing have a beard? I think he does. Oh
1: he? yeah! Yes. Oh, nice god yeah. It. It's, yes. it's like uh, it's this is like um, Jason Aaron style beard. I mean. <laughs> oh, so, na- what's the next book?
0: Black Bolt, Black Bolt. number five, which was.
2: Oh, it's a he- it's a, it was. Let's be honest. It was a bit heavy. I mean. Just with the whole pet thing, uh, it just kind of, you know, it, it got me right in the feels. Got you in the feels. It did, yeah.
1: It's, well, it's a, it, was a, it was great. Yeah, I mean... Well, the, Black
0: Bolt's the, definitely an amazing, amazing comic book, and Saladin Ahmed, I guess, is going to have more books coming on down the line?
2: Yes, I think he announced well. recently, didn't he? Yes, um, think, but... Was he writing Punisher? Is that...
0: They no, just... Matthew Rosenberg is going to be writing Punisher, I think. Ah, uh, okay. Becky and leave the book, um... but
2: is that is the Punisher book? Is that um sorry to go off on off on a tangent, but that's uh the War Machine Punisher book now, isn't it? I have no idea. Basically, basically the Punisher gets War Machine armor, and it's like what? <sighs> so that's why I've that's why I subscribed to it because he's got War Machine armor. So
0: yeah. Um oh, I mean,
1: I, I love Becky Clinton, but I you, you'd have to pay me to read a Punisher book.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I have better. to. Admit,
2: I I wasn't I wasn't that into the last Punisher book. And well, that, and that I was,
0: was I was glad Becky Clinton wrote it, and I I wish more Marvel would employ more women writers to oh, write male course, characters, because yeah. if the boys can write the girls, and the girls can certainly write the boys, so. Um... <laughs>
2: To be, to be honest, I think, though, I think that females can write females a lot better and males can write males because, well, I I, I I don't know how that comes across, really, but
0: it's... I think <laughs> if you're a good writer, you're a good writer regardless, and you can write both sexes as well, so True, that's,
2: yeah. but that's
0: all there is to it.
2: It depends on whether you're so, a good writer or not.
0: So, that's all I'm going to say on that issue, yeah. because that's a whole can of worms that so I is, can talk about for like yeah. Come on.
1: Oh, no, no, not, not, not that. I'm talking about this issue. Yes. I, I think there's something particular about this issue. Maybe you want to say to me.
0: No, I'm not <laughs> saying it.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, because uh, it's not solidified about any of that. Nope, nope, nope. So, nope, okay.
2: So, so nope, here it is then. Here's a the nope, question then.
0: I am not acknowledging this. I am so not if, acknowledging it. If oh. Lockjaw
2: has always been a dog, right, has yeah. his mum always been a dog? Yeah, There's the question, yeah. Because because there's nothing to state that his mother wasn't a, a human to go for pterogenesis. I'm not sticking up for Sarah on that one, because I just believe they've always been dogs, but it was one comment, which was, um, she's birthed a live pup, our experiments have succeeded, which suggests that there's something not quite normal about Lockjaw's mother.
1: Yeah, they they, they subjected her to pterogen. Well, yeah. yeah. We'll leave it at that, shall we? <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's a uh, it's I mean animal experimentation is ghastly it's it is, it's yeah, it's, but... it's endemic in the in, you know I'm sure there's a dozen products in my house that I have because they've been tested on animals it makes sense that uh that they that some goofball scientist on Adeline would be like hey let's let's try throwing some pterogen at, at a dog and see what happens
0: but and that what happens mean... It's it's a whole it's a whole can of worms and I'm just saying I'm just saying.
1: I'm just saying you need to face up to reality.
0: No. I'm not acknowledging that. No. I'm so, still holding by my theory. I don't care. Sorry, right. Mr. Ahmed. I'm sticking by my theory. Could,
2: could I just, uh, can I just good say, old
1: fashioned cognitive
2: dissonance. Can I can <laughs> I just say that Fraser Irving did a really good job um, at the first what, four pages? Yeah, uh, yeah. So that Lockjaw story. Um, I, I, I think I said earlier. I said earlier in the episodes, which whichever episode I met him. Uh, yeah, I met him at um MCM Comic Con in London. Such a nice
1: guy, honestly. Uh, and a fantastic illustrator. Yeah, um, he's going to uh, come back onto the book um, either next issue or the issue after that to do some pages to give uh, Mr. Ward a break. Yeah, um, I think it was issue and... six. wasn't it?
0: Yeah. I don't know. Um, five.
1: So we're going to get treated to more of his fantastic artwork. Um, <clears throat> and, but he, he illustrates the flashback scene, which um, is the, uh, the, the birth of yep. Lockjaw. Um, oh, we see him as a puppy. it's very cute. Um, <clears throat> he grows up. His mother passes away. But he seems to age slower than your average dog. Um, and has powers, um, and he's introduced to the king and queen's newborn son, Blackgar, and a bond is instantly made. And we see Black Bolt growing up, and always with alongside him is, is Lockjaw. Now, you know, Black Bolt, he Bolt, re- he, li- he grew up, in solitary confinement because of the nature of his power. So he had a very uh, lonely childhood and his friendship with Black Bull, with uh, Lockjaw was clearly very important to him. Um, And um, I have a
0: question about this before we go any further. Right. In earlier issues, like in the Fantastic Four and stuff, and even in the Inhumans TV show, they're saying that Lockjaw is Crystal's dog.
2: I knew you were going to bring that up.
0: Of course I was going to bring that up.
1: I, well, you know, we had a dog when I was a kid, and if you asked my sister, she'd say, it's her dog. If you asked my brother, he'd say, it's my dog. Ask me, I'd say, it's my dog. Yeah. <laughs> People feel yeah. like they own dogs or own cats or whatnot, and... <clears throat> I'm sure the cat or dog just feels like they're a member of the family and they don't have to choose these things. They just are a member of the family.
0: Yep. I'm pretty sure in Lee and Jenkins and humans run, he said Crystal was his favorite.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> Crystal's your favorite.
0: <laughs> I mean. I know. It's just something. I was just curious. I don't really. Either way, it's, a, you know. He's bolts, his.
1: He's huge. And he can teleport, so he can be many people's
0: dogs, including Miss Marvel, yes,
1: yes. <laughs> and the Thing, and Wolverine. Um, <laughs>
0: yes, <laughs> yeah. Wolverine, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, anyway, so Lockjaw, he he's he can sniff out that uh, Maximus pulled a fast one and sent the real Black Panther really into cool. to space prison, and through Hook and Crook. Um, uh um lockjaw went off in search using his i don't know maybe sense super sense of smell or something or, or a some kind work. of a, yeah we not we're not quite sure how but he managed to finally find uh black Bolt and arrive in the nick of time to save him from that uh sort of uh suffocation chamber that the the evil um, jailer had put him in and takes him out, takes him out of the prison. And right there, Black Bolt has a big decision to make. He knows that um, his family's in trouble because, you know, his brother... Maximus. His, his evil brother is, is parading around in his form. But he also has these friends he's made in the prison, and he, and leaving them behind doesn't seem right. Ultimately, he decides, you know, Medusa... His wife or ex wife has uh, proven herself a good queen, and, and she's more than capable to handle Maximus. That he can't leave these people behind. The new friends he's made, Blanky, the absorbing man, middle dude, and um, he returns to them. Now, this is something the old black Bolt never would have done. He's no. always been his people first and foremost. Um, that his duty as a king has led him to be kind of a lousy father. Uh, 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 not a very good husband but a good king um, And but he doesn't have to be king anymore and he can finally maybe become a hero and he goes back to the prison to, to save the friends he made um, it turns out the time in the prison moves by much slower or faster differently than it does on the outside uh, Crusher Creel, he had actually perished but was once more resurrected and he's surprised to see that black bolt has returned having been outside of the prison this restores black bolt's powers um particularly his ability for molecular manipulation through his tuning fork or whatever he turns off the power dampeners which gives creel back his powers as well then they save blinky and metal master and rava the scroll pirate queen and um and they subdue the jailer's lackey, the spider. And then, um, oh man, I don't know, the prison comes to life with its uh, security systems and these weird eyeballs on metal wings comes to fly and attack them, and it's just craziness. And in the mayhem, it's really well done, illustration-wise, I could never give it Um. justice. In the mayhem, the spider tries to escape and in, and in so doing, he, he zaps uh, Lockjaw with a laser gun and Lockjaw is wounded. And and Blackbolt sees this and he's just like, you know, fuck that. And he goes, he just look, cuts loose and yeah. kills the spider with a blast of uh, molecular energy. Um, now, Lockjaw, he's wounded, but it's not a fatal injury and 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 Creel convinces Blackbolt to leave him behind, and then he'll let him recover on his own. And, and they need to press forward. And reluctantly, Blackbolt agrees. And um, they they venture deeper into the prison, and they find this weird control room. And the circuits come to life with Blackbolt's presence. The whole prison seems to be of ancient, inhuman design, and its machinery seems to be able to sense Blackbolt's lineage, and it activates automatically the monitors flick on and they are shown footage recorded ages ago of an event where an old, where the older wardens were accepting a new prison and they watch this footage and they recognize a face that were not shown the reader isn't shown this face but they all recognize it as as the one the person they've come to know as the jailer and it turns out that the jailer was once a prisoner um, and he was an ancient and human who possessed terrible telepathic powers that he used to feed off the emotions of the of others like a psychic vampire he was captured and put in prison and somehow he took control of the prison and he's been using it for countless years as a means to feed his his insatiable hunger of you know feed on the agony of others um advanced age or some other business has led him to Dissect himself and put himself into various jars and containers held together by his psychic power, and then project an image of himself in the guise of the former wardens. So, it's really creepy. Yeah,
0: oh. it is. But it's like, It's
1: yes. awesome. yes, cool. <laughs> um,
2: it kind of so, reminded me of, um, you know, the Dementors in Harry Potter. Is a it kind uh, of yeah, it, it it f- kind of reminded me of that? The way they fade feed off of like you know. <laughs> Whole, yeah, you know, uh, you know, psychically they feed off of like emotion and that Psychic- sort of stuff, yeah.
1: So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the dementors, right? Yeah. They had a prison too, right?
2: They did, yeah, which is which is kind of, you oh, know, yeah. yeah, interesting.
1: So, um, now, um his secret has been revealed. Uh, the jailer levels his final attack against Blackbolt and the others, and he uses his psychic power to manifest these ghosts—ghosts, ghosts, the various loved ones that they've lost. Uh, Creel sees his mom, who had passed away. Uh, Rava sees her two sons. Metalmaster sees his former husband, whom he was forced to execute. Um, I don't know who Blinky sees, but the ghost that Black Bolt sees, he sees a bunch of Madrox, the multiple man who died on Muir Island, but he also sees his mom and dad, mm. whom he feels responsible for their deaths. And, um, you know, they all seem to understand that these are, are simply psychic manifestations, but this, you know, doesn't seem to matter. They, the jailer is thrown at them, an enemy they can't ever hope to fight and defeat. And, um, that's where the issue ends. On a a climax, a a promise of continu of of um I think conclusion next episode. Uh so
2: Yeah, it, it Oh boy a, this this was definitely a good issue it just it was it, it kind of reminded me as well of um the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, uh, volume two because it was just the way that he'd kind of that Black Bolt felt that, you know, almost like Creel, Blinky and those guys they'd Kind of become not his new family, but kind of they become close enough that he did kind of respect them enough that he wanted to go back in there and actually save them.
1: Yeah, and I thought that was really right. cool, and I thought that was really nice. Yeah, I think I mean it's uh, you know when we talked to Mister Ahmed, you know he, he we he commented on how he wanted to show Black Bolt cultivating a new kind of strength. And I think we're seeing that here, where where he makes um, uh, uh, the right decision. He he thinks about others. People, you know, none of these none of these these friends he's made are in humans. Normally he wouldn't care about them because they're not his subjects. They're not his kin. Um, you know, he would have normally just left them behind without another thought, but his experience is this very humbling experience of being imprisoned and tortured and whatnot has kind of opened his eyes and he goes back for these people because that's what a good person does. Yeah,
2: um, it's, it, it's like character development. It's been brilliant for him to be honest with you. Cause you know, you go back yeah. to sort of like the inhuman book where he was, uh, you know, just, he was with Maximus for the majority of that run, wasn't he? So, and he was kind of doing his own thing, cross to the side, uh, you know, Atalani only ever really cared about the Inhumans, et cetera, et cetera. It's kind of, it's definite
1: character development. It's really good to see. So, it yeah, makes me happy. It, 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 it's, uh, it, it was cool. And, and I, I loved, um, <clears throat> Lockjaw's involvement. Um, and, um, you know, we're already seeing previews or, or cover art for upcoming issues. Yeah. Um one shows uh, him returning to earth and we see that he, that he's going to return to earth with Blinky and toe. So, so Blinky's coming with him, um, which I'm yeah. glad to see. And it's kind um, of, uh, that, that,
2: the, the cover that you, uh, you mentioned there is, is kind of like the, the next story arc. So is that issue seven, I believe. So it's the start of the legacy, um, issues, right? Yes. Which is quite cool. Cause I mean, he, he's going to suffer from kind of not, not, Supporting his uh, people, as it were, for his secret empire.
1: Uh, well, I think I think he's still I think he's going to be put on trial for the um, the mutant deaths that he was responsible for.
2: Yeah, that's true. Which, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's not go into that one. <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> well,
1: I it, mean, it, it's hard to get around it. it um, yeah.
2: But I mean, um, again, going back to what Sarah was saying about the letters, letters pages. Um, there's a nice picture of uh, Christian Ward and his uh, his baby girl in the back. Yes, That's
1: nice. Um, uh, it's a great picture of him, and you can. And he looks so freaked out. <laughs> what is this? Um, it's a baby. <laughs> you know, and I think that the um, the sense of excitement and anxiety that obviously Mr. Ward was was feeling prior to the birth of of his daughter really translates into the excitement and anxiety on the page. I mean these pages are just vibrant, oh, yeah. Um and I mean uh it, it, the illustration I I just can't I can't put into words is so cool. Um I I think your your baby is uh, is making
2: Yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah. <laughs> Using his own sonic powers,
1: yeah. Honestly, come on, buddy.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, I've said it before. I've said it again. Um, I've said it in the review on the website. I, I adore Christian Ward's art. Like, yeah. Quite honestly, he's he's one of the best artists Marvel have actually managed to grab.
1: So, and and I love the way that he works in conjunction with with Mister Ahmed. I think the two of them um, are really well suited, and I, you know, it's. He he would think they've been writing comics together for years.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. But I just so. I just love the way he manages to just pick out detail, like um, you know, on one of the pages he's got like a uh, uh, Black Bolt with a nice purple outline just to show a bit of a definition of of him. I love yeah. that. I just I yeah. I could I could yeah, read this,
1: about his about his art all day. The scene where he where he's fighting the flying eyeballs is quite electric. Yeah. Um, make for a cool poster or whatever. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, you can, go, you can go and see my review of it on the website if you, if, if the listeners want to. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> that you put that review up. I was happy to see that.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, I just I, uh, the one comment about Lockjaw. I did mean as a joke, <laughs> which is the one where, um, oh, what do you do when somebody knocks out your dog? You absolutely decimate them. Yeah. Well, so, I mean it's uh
1: it's uh you don't
2: mess with lockjaw no and also i noticed in the letters pages um our friend uh who won the poster uh wolf warner uh was in the letters page which is quite cool to see ah cool
1: nice so, uh, yeah that's that's cool moving on so uh the 7th issue of royals was uh quite something um we find the royals embroiled in the deadly snark war um, and Maximus finally gets unleashed um, Kevin Libranda is doing the illustration again and I think he is a great fit for this book I mean I'm really looking forward to uh, Javier Rodriguez coming on board but um, until he does I'm super enjoying uh, Libranda's uh, um, illustrational style and the uh, colors provided by um, Jose Velarabia and um, Good, good stuff. This one. Um, so, all right, the Snarks. They're this um, warlike.
2: With the yeah, <laughs> they
1: have their own theme song. They're this uh, warlike alien race who first appeared in the pages of Power Pack. They're kind of half insect, half reptile. They're they're weird, and they possess the technology.
0: (laughs) Kind of cool, actually. I think they're cool. they're neat.
1: They have the technology to harvest the special abilities from superpowered beings. So you know, like if they captured the thing, they could make themselves rocky. Um, and um, they had uh, captured a um a sorceress from the uh, chameleon. Uh, race and uh, took her powers. So now they have laser abilities and gravitational manipulation abilities, mist powers. I don't know. And last issue, they abducted um, Gorgon, and they killed um, Cal Blackbane, which is a goddamn tragedy because Cal Blackbane was awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. So they got, they've got. Um, Gorgon in this machine, and they're gonna take his powers. And they're listing off the other members of the Royals, like who they plan on, on uh, taking, so that they can harvest their powers. And it's kind of cool the way they describe each of the the Royals. They
0: someone actually asked me on Twitter about this, and it was it was a fun little discussion we had. But go ahead.
1: You tell them then what 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 were the various sort of nomenclature they used for each each character.
0: So. Um, I was asked who the elemental, the world shaper, the mind taker, and the heart thief were. The elemental is Crystal. The world shaper is Splint. The mind taker, I think, is Max, and the heart heart thief is Swain. Yes. So it was. I
1: I was, think you're right.
0: It was really cool.
1: Um, but they and they see um, uh, Medusa as being kind of uh, lame because her her power has um, has abandoned her and she's sick and so they they're not interested in her they they, they just want to kill her and and gorgon is just seething with rage at the thought of it he's captured he can't do anything um elsewhere flint crystal and swain are all made comfortable as the guests of the universal Humans. uh flint spars with the centurion known as metallic titan while Crystal makes small talk with the others. Uh, Swain sits off alone. She's like afraid uh, to commingle with the others without Maximus there to mute her empathic abilities. Um, the vision of guilt that Ronan the Accuser had forced her to endure seems to have really shaken her confidence, um, and she's doing poorly. Uh, the universal and human from the Badoon world, known as dar Ek comes she notices Swain has sequestered herself away from the others and she goes to see what's troubling her at first swain mistakes this gesture as a romantic ovation she's like uh no thanks <laughs> uh and that's kind of emblematic of how lost she feels she just doesn't trust her powers um and she's you know she's in constant fear that she might unwittingly coerce others into feeling what she wants them to feel either consciously or unconscious, and. Um, you know, she's thinking back about her girlfriend, Panacea. Um, you know, Panacea is kind of the ideal girlfriend for her because of the nature of her pterogenesis has made it that she feels emotions. What's that?
0: She can't be influenced by Swain because she has no emotion.
1: Well, she she well
0: not no emotion, but she just
1: she she experiences emotion to... differently. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Um, and, and you notice that she can't necessarily portray it how she wants to, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. and um, I think and, and Swain has kind of come to the conclusion that a part of the reason why she's accepted this mission to accompany the royals off into outer space is that she's running away from, from Pan. She's running away from, from her worries that um, she may feel ultimately unfulfilled in this relationship because she does want panacea to express to her um you know feelings of love and caring in in a more i guess mean you know traditional fashion or conventional fashion or something like that it's Mm -hmm. she's she's really not doing too well um and uh i feel bad for her um now meanwhile medusa maximus and novar are off conferring with the queens of the universal and humans um the queens still don't trust uh medusa at all they blame her for turning their back her back on king blackbolt um but the promise of learning more about the mysterious sky spears has suspended their suspicions now one of these sky spears has come to nova Hala and planted itself outside the city and um None of the no one knows what to make of these things. Um, uh, there's writing up and down uh, the skyspear, um, but it's not in a dialect or, or language that anyone can really um, decipher. It. There are a few words that are um, familiar in the ancient tongues of each of the species. Um, for instance, um, one word means uh, fruit or seed in one language in the chameleon language then another word in badun means uh to look and find through experiment and then um Medusa points out that there's a word that is recognizable from tillin and that word translates to genocide so you know more more questions than answers what does this all mean right uh, medusa has decided she's no no longer has time to play nice with the queens she presses a button that um uh, acts to disengage the power dampener that gives maximus full power and the you know full control over his psychic abilities and he he seizes the wills of the gathered universal humans um you know at first he's unsure as to why medusa has freed him but it quickly becomes evident that their goals are aligned, and as long as that's the case, um, Medusa can trust him to do, the, do her bidding. Namely, decode the mystery of the Sky Spears and the connection to the progenators. Now, Maximus is indeed willing to do Medusa's bidding, but he's not going to be nice about it. And his first action is, uh, to conduct a rather cruel experiment. Uh, he, he has one of the, uh, human, the universal humans who has telekinetic abilities grab a hold of novar squeeze him and then throw him jam him against the uh the sky spear uh this was a he was thinking well if if um the kree were were were, were the product of primogen then that means that they must have a kind of inhumanness in themselves so if that's the case then then the uh, Novar should have a, uh, a rather uh, distinctive reaction to surface-to-surface contact with the skysphere. And that does appear to occur, um, I don't know what. Um, it seems to hurt him a lot, it's not even clear if he survives. Um, it's, <laughs> make of it what you will. Right. Um, the scene then switches back to the Maximus amphitheater. Crystal's
0: very pleased with himself there, though. That's all. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's he's happy to do a little torturing. Um. Uh. Back in the amphitheater, uh, Crystal's like, "Where is everyone? And um, where? You know?" And the uh, they're like, "Oh, don't worry. Everything's fine. Gorgon's probably just drinking." Um, she's feeling kind
0: of guilty too. By the way. Yeah.
1: She's she's uh she's feeling like she hasn't. She hasn't really um, sort of played den mother to the team, um, and the the Snarks then attack, and the, and the Royals and the, and the Light Brigade are actually routed and defeated pretty quickly. They're all captured, and they wake up in prison in these crystal like cells, and the, and the crystals they have to do with the Snarks te- technology to steal superpowers. Uh, they're like batteries and the original hosts have to stay alive so the various Snarks who wield their powers can periodically return, recharge. Um, and this is all explained by Gorgon, who's off to the side. He's had his power taken from him, and it's left him devolved back into a human state. His legs are no longer goat-like. They're human. He has human legs. It's wild. Um, so that's where the uh, that's the cliffhanger that he, the issue ends on um, with... Uh, many more uh, questions and answers when it comes to all this um, to be honest I'm kind of anxious for this whole snark war thing to get over with because I want to know about the Spears and the <laughs> right? progenators yeah. um, right? and uh, but uh, like I said the illustration is awesome um, and the colors really match the tenor of the story so well um, you know uh, Limbr- Limbrada he's asked to juggle a large number of characters and a lar- and a whole lot of action going on and he does it really nicely he composes he it all in a really smooth fashion that doesn't make things feel overly busy um so um you know the sky spears has been a mystery percolating in the pages of of inhuman's comics way back to what the, fir- the free comic book day first issue of Uncanny and Humans. So yeah, we'll I, about yeah. three three years now we've been wanting to know what these things are, um, and we're we're um, I'm getting impatient. <laughs> um,
2: it, it was uh, something that I I saw that was quite quite funny, um, which is the fact that uh, Maximus kind of you know almost like con- um, what's it, confirmed kind of what I'd thought right back. Uh, when they were first in Uncanny Inhumans, Um, which is the way that they were always around fairly big major cities or at least big populations, as in like you know, he said he said in this one that there was one city that the, the inhu yeah, let me start again. The inhu- universal inhumans live in one city. So there's so they one only got one sky So they sphere. only got one sky from here Whereas the terigen Cloud ended up uh causing pterogenesis for so many people. And you kind of expect that to be around global um, hotspots of people,
0: right.
2: so which is kind of what I suggested way back when.
0: Yeah, and that um, was that. Well, yeah, how the skyspheres were all in major populations of people, and and that's where there were big bouts of pterogenesis. Yeah,
2: attacks. so it's kind of like I think. Um, I think what the example I used was the fact that it was kind of the north, uh, north of Africa, south of Africa, and then there was east and west, but north and south. Obviously, you've got like. Um, uh what's like, like Cairo in Egypt and maybe Johannesburg in Johannesburg's in South Africa, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> my geography's not yeah. great. I don't know what the east and west would be or would equate to, but I'm pretty sure the majority of the Was as I recall it
1: in in Uncanny and oh, no. Human Uncanny and Humans number five. It was explained that the the um the skyspears have plugged themselves into earth in an a, a isometric fashion, equilateral to one another.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: that they you know,
0: overlap. The, the, cloud,
1: the cloud has covered, you know, has circumnavigated the entire globe. So that instead of being concentrated into a, a, a by a city, it's actually trying to get the entire um, circumference. Um, and that it's different on Nova Hala because all the inhumans are actually um, consolidated in one place and thus only need one spear. Um, so I think, um, you know, obviously the spears are connected to the progenitors, and um, it, it must be some way of them monitoring their, their experiment or something like that
2: yeah i i think the the words what was it seed genocide and experiment or examine yeah um mm-hmm. they they're quite you know suggestive um examine would be the good the, you know the one of the nicest ones to to go <laughs> with really because it's you know it's a little bit big brotherish but it's it's the least um uh the least violent
1: put it that way well you know Al-, Al Ewing, he he uh he went into great depth about the history of the celestials in in um, ultimate squared hmm. um, so I don't know if if the progenitors are going to be akin to the celestials or completely separate you know, I think they like, will be one will or be, the other
0: we, I think they're going to be completely separate i think I think um or they, they might be separate, but they might have a tie to the celestial somehow. Because knowing Al Ewing, he's going to find a way to tie it all together because that's what he does. Um,
1: well, the way the Celestials operate is that they, they seeded planets with, with life that was meant to be dynamic. And if that life evolved in a fortuitous fa- for, in, in a fortunate fashion, they would allow it to continue. If it didn't, they would extinguish it and start it, you know, kind of like burn the harvest and start a new one. Mm. So if the progenitors work similarly, they'd be like, all right, if, if there are good in humans here or, or in humans that, that have evolved in a, in, a, in, a, in an advantageous way, then we'll allow them to continue to thrive. See, if it, it, not, we exterminate.
0: Well, it seems to me like, like both the celestials and the progenitors kind of remind me from the Titans from World of Warcraft, which is kind of a similar <laughs> deal. So okay. it, it, it's I'm wondering if maybe it's something, I don't know, we'll have to see Because uh, all I know is that Javier Rodriguez's designs For the uh, progenitors Are freaking awesome yes. <laughs> And uh Yeah
1: Very cool looking
0: um, no, um, to be with you.
1: I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes um, the well, we've, seen we've seen some preview pages And royal, it's royal awesome graphic.
0: Yeah Like <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so, so excited to have Javier Rodriguez on this book. Not that I don't yeah. love current artist, because I do, but Javier's definitely one of my favorites, if not my favorite. So, he's definitely...
2: I think after yeah. the, um, you know, the, was it Myers leaving, and then a bit of a, you know, difficult time with, uh, well, we've had a couple of artists since then, haven't we? So, Thomas
1: yeah will Robinson the I mean um, both of them are great illustrators I just didn't think they f- they they fit the, the, the feel of the book very well um, I think that John Boy Myers leaving his his departure was rather sudden I think yeah it really threw things off and that the the Royals as a title has has finally got its footing back and is um, these last two issues have been really great hmm. Um <clears throat> and it has been. um the you know the royals is living up to its status as being kind of like the flagship of, of the inhumans and um uh it's um you know there's awesome there's
0: and and people who want cuz i i've been seeing this a lot lately that um it seems like people are kind of, of still the, the people still like hating on the inhumans and saying oh it's it's blah 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 blah, blah. And i was seen they're going. Clearly, they're not reading Royals or Black Bolt right now because it's everything. Both those books are everything, and Inhuman book should be. Yeah. So if if you're complaining that like the royal family is better off in space and and all of that, um, you need to start reading Royals because the royal family is off in space and it is fantastic. So
1: yeah, the, there was an interesting article on the AV Club dot com, you know, talking about how, you know. The 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 way in which the Inhumans TV show or the movie debuted was so kind of like disheartening. But at the same time, um, the Inhuman comics are in the middle of a renaissance that is kind of flying under the radar. I mean, it's obviously not flying under our radar, but <laughs> wow. um, that, that they're... This reviewer it, it was it was nice to see because I agreed with it, was saying, Yo, if you're if you wanna read some really good wild comics, check out what's going on in the Inhuman Books. Yeah. Don't worry about the T V show and, and be turned off by the, the lackluster review. Forget about T V. If you want good comics, check out The Royals, check out Once in Future Kings, check out Black Bolt. Um, they didn't give a shout out to Secret Warriors, but I you know, I will. Um and, uh, I, I agree. I mean, this is just top notch comic storytelling. And, um, you know, maybe this, this golden age will come to a, an end if the TV show isn't a success and Marvel loses its, uh, motivation to push these books. But I'm just going to enjoy it while, while I can because it's super awesome.
0: It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely like, good. And, and the artists we're getting, I mean, with Phil Noto and, and, um, Natasha Bustos on Noon Girl, and we've got obviously Javier Rodriguez coming on to Royals, and he said he would stay on the book as long as we'll have him, which will be forever. We're chaining you to this book, Mr. Rodriguez. <laughs> you don't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's seriously my favorite. I love him. I'll follow him to whatever book he's on. Um, so, yeah. thing so we Christian need to talk Waters about
1: is, is that um, unfortunately, the way that uh, things work is uh, solicitations tend to be spoiler filled we already know who is hooking up with whom um, in future issues and do you guys want to talk about that
0: uh I don't know do our do they want spoilers I guess we can we can spoil that a little bit um if if you uh
2: if, if you don't if want you spoilers d- then um, in the edit I'll stick in the timestamps of where to go to. <laughs> So this is Adam in the edit, just to let you know you can go to 1 hour 24 and 45 seconds just to avoid any spoilers for the upcoming issues of Royals.
0: Yeah, so. because so we're, we'll spoil this a little bit. So yeah, um, I need to
1: process it, because it's, it's a weird one for me.
0: Yeah, it is. And so, yeah, let's do that. So spoilers starting now. <laughs> um,
1: Issue 8 is going to see Gorgon and Medusa become a couple. Yeah, mm.
0: I'm not sure how I feel. Not, not a
1: fan. So, what is that all about?
2: <laughs> so the thing is, right, is after um, IVX, it seemed like they were rekindling things. Things were going to get better.
1: Uh, oh, between Black Bolt and Medusa.
2: Yeah, so yeah. It, it just seemed like you know, and then
1: and then Medusa's going to do this. It's just kind of like really right. Well, I don't know. She's she. I imagine she assumes she's going to die. Um, but surely, Joy- and- uh,
2: okay. I, I'm.
0: I don't know. I. It's...
2: We'll see how it's executed. Who, who I, actually? Offhand. Who actually... Sorry. Who who wrote Inhumans Prime? Al Ewing. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I...
0: See, here's the thing. I I know this is gonna sound weird, but I always kind of felt, especially after reading all new Inhumans, that gorgon and crystal were really close so if any i mean i'm just weird about them hooking up in general but i feel like if gorgon was to hook up with anyone it would be her and i'm glad it's not her but at the same time i'm kind of surprised it's not her and it's medusa i don't know
2: i just i just feel weird about um cousins and
0: if you're wondering where (laughs) we got this information there was an interview with javier rodriguez and al ewing on marvel or cbr was it cbr
1: I actually, think it was wow. really cool, but it was wow. one of those
0: books. No, it was one of them. I want to say it was CBR, and they they posted some. Um, it wasn't Royals number eight, It because was, it, was, it was Javier Rodriguez's artwork, so it had to be from Royals number nine. Yeah, yes, I'm on board the, with number nine. It's the Legacy. So,
1: oh, no, don't worry.
0: Well, yeah, and, yeah
2: right. <laughs> the leg- Ma- Maximus
1: he- is just uh, uh, making fun of them, saying it wasn't him, he didn't manipulate them, and it wasn't. Uh, uh, Swain, because they cancel each other out, that these two are grown adults. The <laughs> he and called And
0: Crystal's, it. like, pissed, because she's just She just like, doesn't
1: think it's right at all. I, well, she, that, and
0: I, I, I just think she's a grumpy towards Maximus in general, and rightfully so. So, I guess...
1: Well, I guess we know that Novart does survive, because he's there reading a music magazine. Right. Oblivious.
0: Right, but... I, but it, it was really a showcase of, of Javier Rodriguez's artwork, which I was so happy to see, even if it was a spoiler, because that whole that whole page sequence and how Crystal travels through the page and Maximus, is just awesome. And, uh, I'm so I, happy.
1: My, my theory right now is that, you know, uh, they've been kind of, you know, Gorgon has been crushing on Medusa for a while. Medusa thinks she's going to die. She th- she doesn't want to die alone. She accepts his ovation of, of romance or whatever. And that this is actually a build-up that somehow Gorgon is going to be able to trade his life for hers. And that um, that I still think he's going to be the one who dies, but that he's going to get this sort of... Uh,
0: well, who do you think <laughs> is going go to go who do you think is going to undergo the secondary pterogenesis? Medusa. Yeah. yeah, that's
1: what I was
0: thinking too.
2: Yeah, I, I I think that that's that's I'm going to call it there because I reckon that she's just going to kick ass afterwards.
1: Yeah, and I right. I um I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, and you know I had to fight off a a a, a, a rather. Obstinate uh, X Men fan who came after me on tu- on Tumblr saying no that that um, that the Inhumans he were stealing. A
2: daily
1: basis. We're stealing the whole idea of, of secondary mutation because you know that's a theme that's come up a lot in in uh, in in the X books of late. And I pointed out that secondary terogenesis actually debuted in a 1975 issue of of the Inhumans. So. Um, they came up with it first. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's not copying.
0: Did he come back at you, or she?
1: Uh, no, they they just die. They just throw grenades and run. <laughs> <laughs> it's always anonymous too. Yeah. But I it's my you fault. Can, I feed you know,
0: I tell, I tell you to turn off anonymous, and you don't. And I'm beginning to think that you kind of like these sometimes obstinate. <laughs> I begin to think you're a bit masochistic.
1: No, I like I, I, you know, if, if well, or at I
0: least can't... you're amused by them because some of them really are kind of stupid. Even like not ju- it's not just X Men fans that come at you like this though, and I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I just think it's funny. Some of yeah, it. you get to the daily basis. Adam, like you should see some of it. It's pretty funny. I I do
2: occasionally go over there. I do occasionally look at it, and I just think, yeah, I'm gonna leave now. <laughs> oh, I think
1: it's fun.
2: I mean, if, if, it, it's if... funny, it's funny when they make a comment and they, um, I remember about a few months ago now, they're making a comment about r- royal families and that sort of stuff. And it was kind of like, you know, why, why would royal families intertwine and marry their cousins and stuff? And I was like, I think I made a comment along the lines of pretty much every royal family on the planet at the moment is still related.
1: <laughs>
2: and it was kind of like,
1: you know, well, well, Atalan, at its height, was a population of roughly 2,100 people. You didn't have any choice. You Everyone yeah. was related.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. Well, now That's we hard. can say that Terrigenesis all over the earth has, you know, expanded the gene pool. So, yes. There's that.
2: <laughs> just counting <carry them> all <laughs> up to Atalan. Atalan's going to be like a major city now instead of just like right. a, a small town.
0: So, I guess spoilers are over.
1: Spoilers are over, and my voice uh-huh. is growing hoarse. Let's it do, let's do one "Once in Future King" and put one a end to this thing. Um, I loved this issue. I did yes. too, Yeah, it was
0: really good. Just Phil Noto's art again. Phil
1: Nuno's art is also
0: him and Christian Ward both draw adorable lock jaws. I just got to say that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's a funny thing. I mean this this book is so filled with continuity blips that I don't think... I think Will Moss is like, you know what, Mr. Priest, tell your story. I'm not going to micromanage it. Um, Which is good,
0: because it's still a really awesome story.
1: Yeah, because Lockjaw's a puppy in this issue, and in the same week, Black Bolt Bolt shows uh, uh, Lockjaw being full-grown when he meets a baby aged uh black, Bolt. black Bolt. Mm-hmm. so it just doesn't line up at all but you know what who cares um you know continuity is fun but if it gets in the way of a good story being told then 86 it and You're that's right. clearly been done <laughs> yes. uh, well a lot of different stories are going on at the same time and um and i think that um Priest and Noto do such a great job of intertwining They're a things really so, good team. so that it doesn't feel jumbled um, because a lot is going on. Um, in Manhattan, uh, uh, Maximus, Medusa, Black Bolt, and this alpha primitive known as Alicia have, they've come, they've escaped Adelan and they've come to, to Manhattan and um it turns out that all the technology that Alicia had used to try and uh, assassinate the living Terrigen was provided to him by Bentley Whitman, who would go on, is this guy, a scientist, who would go on to be the supervillain known as the Wizard, who was a thorn in the side of the Fantastic Four for years. Um, I think the he's nice actually still active. Yeah. And um, it turns out that Alicia was a regular alpha primitive that was taught to read um, the the inhumans who taught him to read were, were, were punished and, and Alicia ran off he somehow made his way to America and ended up enrolling and graduating from Empire State University which is the sort of Marvel equivalent of Harvard it's where Peter Parker went yada 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 so he, this this guy although <clears throat> you know the the Xenogen mist or whatever the slave engine is, it devolves bodies, but it, it doesn't seem to devolve minds. Um, because although this guy has the body of a Neanderthal or whatever, he clearly is just as smart as anyone. was able to learn to read and and graduate from this prestigious university. And now he wants to go back and um, and free his people and destroy the slave engine. And Bentley Whitman has... Chosen to help him because he he sees the slave engine as a threat against humankind because it can it can devolve regular humans into alpha primitives and make them into slaves for the for the inhumans. Um, so now the 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 royal the young royal family needs to decide: do they do they join forces with this guy or do, should they trust him? Um, now in this telling, Maximus. Appears to have uh, telepathic powers, along with uh, his mind control powers, and he says that he, that you know he that he reads Whitman's mind and says he trusts him. I don't know if that's just uh, 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 a red herring, but well, that's that. Called
0: Maximus. <laughs> yeah.
1: We also get this great flashback of of Maximus. Uh, with you know, he, he first being diagnosed with with something. I I would assume schizophrenia or some type of schizophrenia, and a doctor telling him he needs to take these pills, these capsules in order to to keep his madness at bay. Um, and he thinks back to the events that um, resulted in the deaths of his parents, and um, you know he can choose to remain lucid take the medication and accept that he was partially responsible for his parents' death or not take the pills, let the madness take over, and in so doing, assuage this guilt, sidestep it, blame it all on his brother. And, it, and it's really quite, um, quite a, a, a thrilling piece of, um, you know, it, it, it was wild because he's got these pills in his hands and you see him just kind of like struggling with the decision. Do I stay sane and deal with the guilt? Or do I let the madness come back so that I don't have to feel this guilt? And um, it was really neatly done. Um, Quite an interesting uh, counter-telling of the story compared to uh, Royals Number 3, where it was quite different. Um, Meanwhile, um, the living... Terrigen, who we all know will go on to be called the Unspoken, Um, he sends the Seeker and young Karnak to go to New York and fetch the inhumans, the the royals. He seems to think, and I don't know if he's saying this because he believes it or he's just being magnanimous, Um, he says that these kids have been led astray, they need to be brought home safely, they are still you know, the the heirs to the throne and need to be treated with respect, um, and um, so he's keeping his own his uh, his motivations close to the chest. He also um, we are introduced to young uh, Gorgon, whom uh, uh, the living Terrigen names as his new viceroy, um, and um, that's cool scene as well yeah. but my favorite scene is uh somehow uh the seeker and karnak may are on the train uh <laughs> heading into heading into manhattan and someone mistakes uh karnak as a harry krishna and throws him some loose change <laughs> it's just the look on his face is just priceless um now uh the the, the um karnak quotes uh, hugo victor hugo uh les miserables which i think is not a coincidental thing but we can get into that later on um the seeker is just like you, you know you haven't gone through terror genesis to karnak he says you haven't gone through terror genesis you're the lowest of the low um you know you're only you know allowed to to do these things because you come from a Aristocratic family, but I think you're garbage. And, you know, Karnak, he's already been studying at the Tower of Wisdom and, and sort of embroiled in this sort of Taoist, cum mindset. And he's like, Yes, I am nothing. I am, uh, well, I am, we are all dirt, whatever. Um, but, uh, I got, <laughs> a, I got other things fashion. to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he says, but, you know, I can, I, I, I notice your armor has some weakness. And he gives him the poke <laughs> and just yeah. shoots him through the window and um, then jumps out of the train and goes running off down the subway. And it turns out that he has his own plan afoot. He, his brother, Trident, has gone missing <laughs> among the land of the humans. And, and Karnak, his, his true intention is to go off and find him. And we get a last scene, which shows Triton in some sort of governmental laboratory. They think he's an alien. They can't get him to talk, and um, they're not quite sure what to make of him. Um, we don't know where it is, but uh, Karnak's coming to save him.
2: See, that's the the final image of Triton in the tank. Um, that's how I think Triton should have been done in the TV show. Just, just. Saying.
0: Uh, well, just saying that. Who says he's not like that right now? We've only seen two episodes.
1: Yeah, yeah, but we've seen enough. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, uh, um, I guess a lot of a... this
0: actually kind of you, you see a lot in Once and Future Kings. You're seeing kind of some parallels to those first two episodes a little bit.
1: Yeah,
2: I think it's definitely meant to be some sort of, uh, you know, the thematic thematic tie-in almost. It's a re
1: a reintroduction. Yeah, yeah. If yeah, if um, if Scott Buck and company had Um, the patience and the scope this is how the show would have gone you know a lot a lot slower boil um, not you know start with start with the characters a little bit younger um, but hey what can you do yeah um you know so not everyone thinks this is a great idea they I, i one one review on ign like said this that once in future Kings is basically the CW version of the inhumans because they're all, uh, teenagers.
0: (laughs) I I still think I like it. I think it's good. And I, I'm quite okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy the book. I I enjoy the story. I, I like, I like where it's going. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how the next three issues wrap the story up. And, you know,
1: now the, 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 what's, what's, the best part of it is is uh, the uh, at the end there's a little um, uh, uh, side story uh, with with <laughs> Lockjaw, which is an instant classic, in which uh, Lockjaw and great. Wolverine uh, defeat the Psycho Man with the use of infinite kittens. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> oh, honestly, just just the last scene of that
2: with Wolverine going, "Dear Diary." Yeah. <laughs> It was a whole dimension full of only kittens. <laughs> oh my god. It just ends with you know, i I've, taste, I've tasted distilled joy diary and I know I shall, know, I shall not know its flavour again.
1: Jesus was. This, the side story was written by Ryan North and uh, being a good Canadian he even has Wolverine writing his diary with that weird Canadian way of, of, of spelling flavour.
0: Later. The the well, in the proper it's, way. It's, it's yeah, <laughs> see, There you go. I was waiting. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. I'm like the European way?
1: Yeah, the proper uh, way. The, the non-American whatever. way. The original way.
0: <laughs> whatever.
1: Well, all I care about is that the kitten dimension now exists in the Marvel so universe. So, in my head, Nobody? I sat
0: there. I saw that page and I went, "Oh, that's where all of Chewy's working kittens went." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, that, that was my that that's yeah. now my headcanon is, is is that that's that's all of Chewie's kids. If you oh. read Top Marvel, you know what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> so my only complaint about the book is that uh, Medusa, who shines so brightly in the first issue, doesn't get much to do in this issue. And no, we still, but
0: can we can we, we still just have... that scene of her just looking not impressed with Earth at all?
1: That's pretty good.
0: I laugh. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, I thought that was funny. He's like, I've had enough of this already, I'm going back. It was funny.
1: And I hope before all of a sudden done, that Crystal gets something to do in this series. This I
0: do as well, but I'm not going to hold my breath.
1: Um, so how old is she going to so, be in this one?
0: She's, she looks like she's about 14 or 15.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot. It's got the kitten dimension. It's it's a brilliant book.
2: It's got everything you need True. from a comic book.
1: Yeah it does. I, I gave it a mathematically impossible six out of five lockjaws. I, I There loved you
0: go. It. Good. <laughs> yes, there you go. It's never impossible with lockjaw though, you know that. So guys, once again, tell Marvel how awesome these books are. Yeah. M Heroes at Marvel That's M is in Michael. Heroes at Marvel.com. Email them. Let them know how much you love the Inhumans. Um,
1: and drop us Canada's, a line. Tell us what you'd like us to line. talk about. Yep.
0: yep. But I we mean, still have more to talk about.
2: Yeah, we still got a bit to talk about a TV show.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: Because I just,
0: just, just, yeah. We were given episode titles, finally. That's all. So, uh, what? what's the first episode? It's Behold the Inhumans. Which is- yeah, so
2: that's the first two, isn't it? Name? No, just the
1: first one. Oh, okay.
0: Which is what? Which was the cover of their introductory yes, issue on and yeah. four, and then?
1: Not sure that's true, but okay.
0: Well, something. Well, I remember that being a cover.
2: It's it, it is. I, I think um, I think it's, a it's cover It was either 45, 46, or maybe
1: forty seven. I'm not sure. Okay. Um. And
0: what was the second episode?
1: I think Strangers in a Strange Land, or something like that, or The Hidden Land. No,
0: Hidden land that's
1: in yeah. that's, that's
0: Episode 7. Episode 3 is Divide and Conquer. Right, uh, which
1: is from an issue of Fantastic Four.
0: And then Episode 4 is Make Way for Medusa.
1: Which came from an issue of Amazing Adventures that focused on Medusa.
0: And then Episode 5 is Something Inhuman This Way Comes.
1: Which is from an issue of The Avengers that tied into the Kree-Skrull War.
0: Awesome. And then episode six is A Gentleman's Name is Gorgon.
1: Hi. That's <laughs> that's from an issue of Fantastic Four where Gorgon was first introduced.
0: And then episode seven is Havoc in a Hidden Land.
1: That is a Hulk story where the Hulk goes to uh, Adalan and... Causes havoc.
0: <laughs> and the season finale is titled, and finally, Black Bolt.
1: Which is from an old issue of backstory, and Inhumans backstory, and an issue of Mighty Thor, which explored Black Bolt's origins.
0: So there you go. So the all the titles for the Inhumans episodes tie into the comics, which is actually pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's neat. And
0: I think that's just a really cool nod to the Inhumans. Um,
1: yeah, I think after all of the the sort of um, the, the bad reviews and whatnot That when people finally look at this Watch the show With lowered expectations And just knowing this is a TV show That, it, that, that it, people are going to enjoy it
0: I think so I too so. I do And I'm, I'm yes. really looking forward to the, where the rest of it goes um,
1: I'm so. really looking forward to our uh,
2: Individual review episodes
0: Yes, and also, guys, um, I will be live-tweeting the season premiere on ABC, so um, I'll be... Uh, oh, okay, usually cool. I Yep, so usually I live-tweet Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. from my uh, personal Twitter account, but um, for Inhumans, I will be um, tweeting it from uh, the Adelan Rising Twitter account, which is at Adelaine Rising one um, on Twitter. So make sure if you're not following us, uh, to be following us, because I will be live-tweeting it. Unless um, well, and- you watching
2: that. And I'll I'll, I will uh, be sleeping at that point.
0: Yes, you will. I'll still be and, at work. <laughs> and I'll. Be, uh, and if you, if you're wondering what the live tweets are going to be like, um, make sure you follow the uh, hashtag Inhumans on Twitter because I'm pretty sure that's where all the live tweeting will be because I'm sure I'm not going to be the only one live tweeting the show.
1: But you'll be the so best one
0: live tweeting. I will try to be. I'll tell you. Um, yeah. So if you're expecting me to live tweet from my uh, Inhumans from my regular account, I will not be. Um. Uh, I'll probably go back to that for Agents of Shield though, but we'll see. Yeah, cool, cool. Oh, of
2: course, Agents of Shield returns straight after, doesn't it?
0: Uh, I keep hearing 2018. I'm very confused on that. We'll I, probably have. Ooh,
2: yeah, I, I, I know it's been advertised as a straight run.
0: Uh, 2018 so then-
1: is not that far away, unfortunately.
0: No, but I know that the Agents of Shield panel is going to be at NYCC. Um, unfortunately, I will not be at NYCC on Friday, so um, because I got a new job, so I will not be able to take off. Um, I start a new job that week, so um, I will not be able to take off. So on that Friday, so I will miss every panel. I was there like six I wanted to go to, and I will not get to any of them. But hopefully I'll be able to get to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel, um, which means my whole Saturday will probably be shot. But that's okay. Um,
1: Oh, and before we take off, um, uh, I just wanted to give a shout-out of thanks to Saladin Ahmed for uh, reposting some of my fan art on his Twitter. That was really an honor and exciting to see. That was really cool, yeah. I remember
0: that. Cool. And I was like, "Hey, I I have some of his stuff because I have a <laughs> I one think
2: I... I think we all started a thread about that because it's more, more than just me and you that have been sent <laughs> it, and it was kind of kind of cool to see the other stuff as well.
0: Yeah, it was. So that was
1: that really included. made my day.
0: Yes, that's awesome. You can also email so, us
2: at uh, yeah, the it's... show at atalanrising.com
0: or find mm-hmm. us on Twitter once again at atalanrising one. And...
1: Or on Tumblr, edit humans forever. Yeah,
2: go straight to Doc, so he can he can handle all your trolls. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Trolls are welcome.
0: Yeah. I thought he you said for... troubles,
1: not trolls. Troll, <laughs> troubles, and well, trolls. Yeah, if you, want to, if you want to go to, just type down. You know, oh no. Today, and, please no more, no more, no more, no more ass about your UTIs. If that's anything in <laughs> but that. You're not that kind of doctor.
0: That kind of doctor.
1: No, I am not that kind of doctor. All
0: right, guys. Although I was able to
1: answer the question. Hey, dog, is this normal?
2: I'll, say, I'll send you a picture.
0: Oh okay. my god, don't. Don't. Oh All my right. god. On that yeah. note, guys, the show at AdelanRising.com at AdelanRising1 on Twitter. And until next time...
1: Thank you very much.
0: And- Thank you. Oh,
1: y'all...